Welcome to Fund and Fundraising, everyone. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli. And in this podcast, we're going to talk with Heidi Marquez-Smith, who is the CEO of the Texas Cultural Trust. Heidi, welcome. Thank you, Rob. We're so excited that you selected us and to talk about the Texas Medal of Arts Awards. Well, we're we real. Wait. Well, we're really, really excited about it. And it's a really special event and it's a really large event. It's it's um, it's you know, it's several days long and we'll get into that in in a moment. But, you know, before um, we, we talk more in brass tacks about the event, um, just outline what the mission of the Texas Cultural Trust is. Absolutely. So we are a 501c3 uh, nonprofit, a statewide nonprofit that focuses on the arts. We're the leading voice for the arts when it comes to education, advocacy, and economic impact in Texas, while spotlighting the artistic excellence of our state. And that would lead us to the Texas Medal of Arts Awards. And what we do is try to increase awareness and support for the arts all across the state. That's for artists, independent artists, arts organizations, arts education, and, and also the industry, the creative industry. Yeah, and you also do quite a bit with um, children through your Young Masters program as well. So you really do reach people of all ages on a really broad scale and a broad scope. That's right. We have six programs, Art Can, Texas Young Masters, as you mentioned, the Texas Medal of Arts Awards, Arts Access, Texas Women for the Arts, and Partners in the Arts. And we work with our partners to make sure that uh, we can continue to shape the cultural, educational, and economic future of Texas. That's really good. And the arts are an incredibly important part, especially with as many people moving to Texas. You really do have to have a thriving art scene to keep people interested in wanting to move to Texas. So it, it's really good that, you know, the organization has such a broad you know slate of programs. Now, I know that um, you this is not exactly your first um, statewide organization that you've run. You've also run the Texas Book Festival. Tell me a little bit about what drew you specifically to the Texas Cultural Trust. Sure, I felt like it was like very similar to the Texas Book Festival as it was statewide, but it also included many of the other arts and creative industries, which I really loved. And also the opportunity to advocate on behalf of the arts with our state legislature, which as you know, is part of my background in government. And so being able to talk about something that I'm extremely passionate about and not only to support literature and literacy, but also the fine arts and the creative industries. And that was really, really drew me to the trust and also the people, all the people involved and who are passionate about the arts and recognize that the arts are critical to any civilization, any community, um, any state. And it's something that we need to prioritize. And that's why we quantify that impact that the arts have on our on our lives, our everyday lives, and how it can positively impact education for children, our economy, and as you mentioned, um, our quality of life. You know, there are a lot of individuals that come to Texas and corporations that come to Texas for that quality of life, right? For those festivals. And where there is more activity and culture, you'll find that there, uh, there's higher, there's better public education, there's more engagement, organizations and companies are able to retain employees and attract employees. So the arts are really important in so many facets of our lives, not only in the business sense, but also um, in the educational sense, but also health and well-being. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so, there's so many 
different types of art, you know, and you, you touched upon them because, you know, literature is, it, it, I consider that art. I really consider anything in the, mm -hmm. in the creative realm to be so. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, tell, a, tell us a little bit about <clears throat> how the Texas Cultural Trust goes about, you know, and one thing that's unique about your event is, is that it's biannual. So before we go into talking about the honoree and the selection process, tell us a little bit about, you know, the part of the reasoning and the logic um, for doing a biannual event as opposed to an annual one. Absolutely. Uh, that's a very good question, actually. We will be celebra celebrating the 11th biennium Texas Middle of Arts Awards. And as you said, it's every other year, and it specifically coincides with the legislative session. And the reason for that is we want to have a captive audience of our elected officials so they can truly see what investment in the arts looks like, not only in education, but in the industry itself. And so we highlight 11 legends and luminaries who have excelled in their creative talent and have made a name for themselves in the arts. And it reminds us that, you know, when we do invest in the arts, great things can happen. These individuals are not only impacting their local communities, but people in Texas and around the world. And specific to that, we know that during the legislative session, the elected officials are at the Capitol over these right. several months. And so we want to make sure they have an opportunity to come visit us. And that's another reason why it's during the week. It's on a Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> to ensure they haven't gone back to their districts and, and they're here. Um, and we find that with that, you know, this is our main fundraiser, right? right. Um, and it allows us to raise important dollars to for our operational support to ensure that we can do all the things that we do in grants and scholarships and so on. And uh, it's extremely important. So we also find that our um, we have a lot of support from big organizations who want to have elected officials as their guests, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And mm -hmm. what's interesting is one of the reasons that I mm -hmm. see that it's, that it's really, it, it makes sense in terms of not only coinciding with the legislative session, but there are 11 different nominees you have, and it goes across multiple different genres mm -hmm. of art and types of art and artistry. Tell us a little bit about the selection process and how the Texas Cultural Trust goes about selecting honorees each year or great every question. other year. Sure. No, great question. So we have an open call for nominations. We open up to the entire state to the public and we'll get hundreds of nominations as you mentioned in every category from dance theater film uh, multimedia photography uh, literature architecture and now fashion design most recently arts and health and individuals will submit uh, several names sometimes and they'll have to qualify why these individuals should be recognized by the highest honor bestowed to someone in the arts and that's the texas medal of arts and with that, we then take it to a group of individuals who are experts in their field, their creative field, whether it be the dean of an architecture school or an, um, a living um, artist, you know, who, who's been accomplished and, and previous honorees, if you will. So individuals are really familiar with the craft and can make um, uh, knowledgeable decisions on who should be recognized. And it's a challenge because there's so much right. talent that's been cultivated here. And then we get into a smaller group and then we really look to see, do we have all of those disciplines covered, right? Right. And uh, we want it also to reflect what Texas looks like, right? To ensure there's a lot of diversity in that group as well. It is. And what what's amazing for me is you you see 
many times an honoree from a previous year will come back. And in fact, um, one of the previous honorees, I believe, is one of the co-chairs this year. Can you elaborate a little bit on how how you go about making sure that when an honoree is honored, that you're making sure that they're staying involved with the organization in some way, shape or form? It's so important. And I'm glad you're mentioning that because we in organizations, I think, miss opportunities when they don't engage their honorees or sponsors or anybody else. It's such an important touch point because when they're with you and they're celebrating with you, they're moved. They, they are, you know, they're drinking the Kool-Aid if you will, and they understand (laughs) how important your mission is. And I think seizing that opportunity during that time to say, we'd love to keep you involved, you know? And I think when they're, when they're there in the moment and they're receiving the highest honor in the arts from their state, they're so honored. And it's wonderful to hear them talk about um, why that honor is important to them. Brandon Maxwell, uh, as you mentioned, is has come back to be a co-chair for the event. And in his remarks in 2019, I can't believe it was four years ago, uh, he talked about how important it was to have access to arts education. Mm-hmm. And his story about the arts and how it became involved really reflect the work that we do and how we prioritize having access at such a young age. And the arts, had he not had access in his small town, he would not have been the incredible designer that he is today. And he recognizes that importance. And so he was delighted to come back, you know, (laughs) and share this event. And of course we were too. And we find that when we do that and we keep bringing them back, we have another uh, previous honoree who continues to sponsor the Texas Young Masters. And she was honored in, it's the Sir Moon Joy Foundation. And I forgive me, her name is coming to me in a second, but Chandra <laughs> Wilson, the amazing Chandra oh, yes. Wilson continues to support our Texas Young Masters program because she was so moved by the program when she attended the event. And so we've continued to keep her updated on the progress of these young masters and she continues to support us. And unfortunately she cannot join us uh, next week, but uh, she's, oh, she's so excited, set, you know, so yeah, she's, she's got stuff that's to a do. hard thing. We've got lots of things. <laughs> I know we're competing with the Grammys and, you know, filming and so on and so forth. But uh, we found that, you know, when you can keep up with the honorees, it makes everything so much more meaningful. We have several returning next week Wonderful. to celebrate the Texas Medal of the Arts. And I, I think you're aware of this. We also were thrilled that James Searles, a previous artist and sculptor, yes. had redesigned the metal. And so Absolutely, we're so, yes. it's, it's a beautiful piece of artwork. And it, I think it makes the honor even more meaningful that it was created by someone who was a previous honoree. That really does add a, a added special, you know, added special mm-hmm. touch to it that I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, will really resonate. And you know, what's interesting is 2019 was the last Texas Medal of Arts because of COVID. So it's really been four mm-hmm. years since there's really been a, you know, a Medal of Arts ceremony. So it's, you know, tell me, you know, because I think one of the things that a lot of organizations, you know, grapple their head around is mm-hmm. if they miss an event or they missed a year. How do you go about ramping yourself back up to get on the full speed? Because it's like, you know, it's like the world tour and ACL and had to rehab their knee, you know, to mm-hmm. get back into full speed. Wow. You, you just brought back so many memories coming back. We were just talking about PTSD a minute ago. And so, as, as you know, we have this event every two years, you know, and it really had us focus. You know, we have all of our operational eggs in this basket, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you cannot celebrate in person, our event really doesn't work. 
it does not translate well to a virtual event, you know, because of uh, the glitz, you know, and the star power mm -hmm. and the relationships. It's just not the same. And so as we ramped up for 2021, thinking that we were going to be able to open, right. open something up, it, as we got closer, we recognized that it, it was not possible. We could not meet in person. It would not be the same. And we right. were not going to do something that was mediocre. And it, it, was, it, it was a challenge at the same time, I have to tell you, keeping our donors, our partners apprised of every change and step along the way was extremely valuable. And we heard that from them uh, because we postponed and then we had right. to cancel. So it was a lot of back and forth. It wasn't a lot of back and forth, but a lot of changes, a lot of right. updates. And I think like so many organizations, we just had to pivot. Yeah. And I think what made it successful was the constant communication and keeping touch, not only with our honorees and tell them we're so excited. Let's think about what we could do along the way. So we did different things with them. We, we engaged them in Zooms. Uh, we tried to visit them with them in person. We right. kept up with them and promoted them on social media. And what was so, um, so great is that all of the honorees, many of them said, wait, does, can we be honored anyway and just get the medal oh. now and we'll come to the <laughs> event in 2023? And I, I'm sad to say that Carol Cook, who was one of our honorees who passed away recently, oh, yes. completely heartbroken because I yeah. got to learn so much about her. And she, I remember having a conversation with her and she said, Heidi, I don't know if I'll be alive then. Would you just send me the medal? Just send me that thing. And sure enough, we made that decision. She was 98. Yeah. And she and I invited her after we mailed her the medal, invited her to address our board of directors on Zoom. And you you can imagine, you have we have very important board members who have a lot to do and busy schedules. Right. But they did not want to let her leave our Zoom call. She was so engaging <laughs> and entertaining. And just telling stories with Lucille Ball and all of her travels right. around the world. And also she just stood there and I want to share the video with you because it is so touching. And she touched the medal, the new medal that she had oh received. Gosh, and here she wow. is on Zoom and really tearfully said that this is the biggest honor. Being honored by her state in Texas meant so much to her and that she would wear it all the time, even in the shower. Wow. <laughs> so she that, was, that's a good one, God. She, she was fantastic. And so the one thing that's unfortunate about that is that she unfortunately was not able to join us, but we did get to celebrate her and make her proud of receiving this honor. So you'll hear a little bit about that um, at the 23, 2023 Texas Medal of Arts Awards. Um, but I think it was a challenge because some people wanted to tell everybody that they had been nominated and received it. And we were like, just hold off, please. Yeah. We need to keep all the excitement. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know if you want me to go into this, but one of the things we did is we had personal touches with all of our donors. We called every single one and said, you know, we're so sorry for this inconvenience, but I have to let you know your support, every dollar, whether we have an event or not, goes right back out to the community. We are doing art boxes for children in Uvalde. You know, we're giving right. art supplies to children in Title I schools. We're giving scholarships to young artists. You know, we are ensuring that kids have access to the arts and advocacy. Right. 
And I will tell you, 96% allowed us to keep their, their contribution that they had already made. Wow. That's 96%. a great retention rate. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's a testimony to my team, to our mission, to our board of directors, um, because we truly believe in what we do and we, we make things happen. We've been able to increase access uh, for the arts. We killed a bill in, in the last legislative session that sought to remove the one fine arts credit for high school graduation. And what this means- is I read about that, yes. So we were so thrilled to be able to do that because it would have impacted public schools all over the state mm -hmm. and no one would have known any better. I know. And uh, it's unfortunate because for some kids in Title I schools, it would have been the only fine arts education they'd have access to in right. their you know, K through 12 education. And so these things happen. And I will say every, you know, phone calls, personal phone calls, I called a lot of them, probably the majority of them. And they were so generous and willing and some said, you know, let me roll it over. But the majority said, just keep it for this fiscal, you know, yeah. for this you mm -hmm. know, biennium and we'll renew our gift in 2023. And it was just so inspiring and really reinforced our efforts mm -hmm. and the work that we did and recognize what we do is super important. You know, it, it means something. And um, but like everyone else, I said, you know, we had to pivot and we had to figure out how are we going to make this work because yeah. we had already spent a lot of money preparing for this. And a lot of our vendors did work with us and they said, you know, we'll apply here to pop, you know, 2023, right. you know, post COVID too. Everything was much more expensive. All yeah. rentals. Oh everything. yes. It really so. was. It, it's, <laughs> it, 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 knock on wood, we're, we're through it and we're on the other side. So that's so you true. Know, so you true. were talking, you know, cause 96% is an incredible amount and percentage mm -hmm. to keep as donors. What's even more remarkable is you're a statewide organization. So, I mean, you're dealing with people who can be a thousand miles from each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going back towards the event, tell me how you feel that having people from multiple cities makes an event like the Texas Medal of Arts Awards more fun. Oh my goodness. Well, you've got so many different backgrounds coming together. You've got, what's so great too, is the individual. So everyone we honor is from a different town. And what's so great is usually that community will rally around them right. and come. For example, Leela Rose. I mean, we've got a lot of mm -hmm. Dallas folks coming in. You know, her family's coming in, her husband yeah. purchased a table. Supporters of hers are coming in, much like Luke Wilson. You know, Taylor Sheridan. So you're going to see yeah. Fort Worth. You're going to see Dallas. You're going to see El Paso. Ben Edita Sines, That's who's right. a literary author. So I think what's so great is, and also our board is extremely diverse. We're from all over the state and our board members do such an incredible job uh, encouraging and engaging their community and their networks to come and to support this. And you know, this event is like no other, right. it truly is. We are celebrating Texas. We are celebrating the arts in Texas and these incredible individuals who have made a name for themselves and are doing great things here and beyond. And in doing so, we are able to get that statewide audience, which is a challenge for so many organizations. Right. I know this coming from the Texas Book Festival. Yeah. And because our board is so engaged, uh, we really do see a very geographically geographically diverse audience, which is so fun. Yes. Because they come with different styles and different perspectives. <laughs> and different personalities. Part, yeah. And different personalities. <laughs> And, uh, and different artists, right? right? And people and leaders within their communities. So it's really exciting. You're getting me so excited. I cannot wait. <laughs> I can't wait. So, you know, that's a perfect segue to my next question. So tell us, you know, 
one thing that I love about the event is, is that there's mm-hmm. always a fun performance. It's not every day that you kind of have a private venue where Boss Skaggs is riffing for <laughs> 30 minutes and it's just really cool because I love all his stuff. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about what guests can expect at this year's Texas Medal of Arts Awards. Absolutely. You know, the show is incredible. There, it's a truly an awards show. Eventually, we want to get to do it, how we can do dinner and the awards at the same time because the award show can take some time, right? (laughs) But it's so engaging. We truly are bringing the arts to life in every discipline. So we'll have musicians, we'll have dancers, we'll have actors all perform. And so, you know, this year we have two musicians, uh, uh, one, uh, Miranda Lambert, who's being recognized for music and songwriting, and Christopher Cross who's also being recognized. So two very different styles of music, of musicians that are coming, and that also have um, wonderful um, wonderful records and, and honors uh, in their background. And what's gonna be great about this is that Christopher Cross wanted to work with an orchestra. Oh. So we are working with the Barton Springs. So we are gonna have a 20 piece, 20 plus piece orchestra uh on the stage for most of the event so it's going to feel very different and very vibrant and very exciting that's very that's going to be fun and and him with an orchestra i'm i cannot wait to see what that how that looks because i know it will be really really amazing and what's really exciting too with miranda lambert she said may i bring john randall and jack ingram and I said, you don't even have to ask. That would be <laughs> phenomenal. And so, as you know, they have completed the Marfa tapes around, yes. pan- around the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And this is so meaningful to have them here now and to perform together. I mean, I feel like, right. you know, we're getting, it's, it's a treat for us to have two additional right. uh, artists and songwriters, very talented artists to also join us in the celebration of the power of the arts. So we're very excited about that. And as you know, we always have a grand finale. Yes. And what makes that so special is that you never have, you will never probably have all those people on the stage at the same time again. That and, is what's really cool. Cause if I recall, like one of Kenny Rogers last day's performances mm-hmm. with, was with him and Chris Christopherson. That's right. And that was in 20, that was a 2019 one, correct? Or was that 2017? That was 2017, I believe. Okay. That was 2017. That was a really was beautiful moment. That was a beautiful touching moment where they kind, you know, Chris kind of helped Kenny through the song. I mean, it was really just a very heartwarming moment. And while you script everything, you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> but you get moments like that that are just uh-huh. really, you know, really beautiful. And that's, you know, that actually leads me to another, you know, another question that I have. Those mm-hmm. are a lot of high profile names. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give to someone who or an organization that has to deal with a high profile person or a celebrity? I mean, you're dealing with, you know, 11 of them, mm-hmm. you know, What's your, you know, one piece of advice you can give in terms of how to, you know, how to engage and how to work with, you know, um, work with a celebrity to, you know, support their cause or their organization? Do not treat them the same. They are all very different creative individuals. So it's so important that communication is tailored directly to them and to their team. Because they all have different expectations. You know, we've got Ben Alida Sines, who is... From El Paso, and you know, when while we're asking everybody for media assets and different things, he he's an author. As we know, authors exactly. work in solitude. They're not on social media. They're not taking lots of photos and so on. And so you have to be respectful of that and where they are 
in regards to those kinds of assets and things and what their needs are, where other individuals who have maybe a team of 20 people working for them uh, and on their behalf will say, you know, so-and-so needs X, Y, and Z, and they need to be here and need to be there. So we have to rise up at the trust and be advocate, advocates for everybody, right? Yeah. Some have a business arm and some have, you know, an army of folks that are watching out for them. And some only have us, you know, to watch right. out for them. They're all extremely talented in their own right. But what I would recommend is to be to really tailor your communication and what you're trying, what your end result, what your end result, what you want your end result to be. Make sure that you are allowing those individuals to kind of fill those gaps, right? To make them aware of what you're trying to achieve and how can we best work with you. And some will say, you know, this is all I have, and I don't want you to create more assets. I right. really like. I, I don't. That's not my thing. And we were respectful of that, you know. Right. And so. It's extremely important to us that these individuals not only feel honored and special, um, but also feel like they're a part of the bigger picture and feel very comfortable while they're there. You yeah. know, I think tailored communication is extremely important um, and making sure that they have one person they can contact at all times mm -hmm. yes. is extremely valuable because there's so many changing things. As you mentioned, we have three events over two mm -hmm. days. And a lot of accommodations to meet and so on. So it's really important that they have a point of contact with our, our planning team, but also with the trust. Because as I mentioned before, mm -hmm. if the trust does not have that relationship, um, we can't grow from there, right? If yes. you only allow your planning teams to have that interaction with your honorees or mm -hmm. your special guests, it does not advance your organizational goals. Right. So it's important at some point to have that. And that can be very elevated in, in mm -hmm. the communication. You know, it doesn't have to be in the details of getting rooms and so on, but touching base like like we did and mm -hmm. saying, how are you doing? Thank you so much. We are so thrilled. Congratulations that you're being honored. And making sure there's a touch point when they're there and in town because many times some of them I have not met until I will right. not meet until the event. So making sure there is time to make that eye contact, to put a face with a name, you know? Uh, so I think those are extremely important. They are. And, you know, it, it's a good thing that you mentioned that really the medal of arts awards is really, it's a culmination of, mm -hmm. you know, one, in this case, four years of planning said the usual two. And <laughs> Correct. two. Um, but it's a culmination of several different things over a period of you know, a, a period of a couple of days. So, I mean, it's the amount of work that you all it really is inspiring and awe inspiring to see the amount of work that you put in dealing with that many people mm -hmm. over a multi day span. I mean, it really is incredible what you you know, what you all do with that. So um, Thank you. we have an I incredible do, team. <laughs> you really do. And I do yes. have one more question. And this is kind of a, I like to ask this of people, you know, especially larger events that, you know, definitely do have some glitz and glamour behind them. But what is your one go-to item on a budget in planning an event? Go-to item? What do you, what do you mean by go-to? <laughs> so meaning something that, something that doesn't cost a lot of money, but has maximum impact. Wow. You know, we've had a lot of budget costs, I mean, talks recently, you know, I really, for us in particular, the return on investment is probably highest on the details of our award show. Okay. You know, while people are going to remember the, when in the moment, they'll remember the flowers, right? Or, or the linens or the colors or the aesthetic, but they're not going to forget how you made them feel. And I truly believe that. And I think, Spending that extra 
thousand dollars to make sure that the drum kit matches the orchestra and that you are able to um to have an original score written for the mm. orchestra to play at the very right. end i gotta tell you that was for us i just made that decision this weekend um and it's not a lot but at the same time it's important for me being the steward of these funds that they go back out to the community and that was maybe it's anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred dollars to get an original score mm-hmm. written for the orchestra to perform because orchestras read music where right. a lot of musicians just kind of play by ear and so I will say for this show in particular, I'm like, that's a no brainer. Absolutely. That is going to add so much to the performance and people are going to remember how they felt more than what they saw. Oftentimes, you know, how did you Absolutely. make them feel? How did you get their emotions um, uh, to a different level? Well, how did you do that? And I think that's really, that's what the arts do. And for us, I think that's, that's meaningful. I mean, I love flowers. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Flowers are my thing, and I would spend so much money. But I do think for us in particular, we want to show you the power of the arts. And money well spent for us in the ROI is on that show. It really is. That you know? makes sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, exactly what you said about um, how people feel, because mm-hmm. if people feel good, they will want to come back in two years. Right. And really, that right. at the end of the day, that's the ultimate goal for anyone who's throwing a gala or funding throwing a fundraiser that they want those people to come back, especially Mm -hmm. people who have deep ties into the community, whether it's a local community or in your case, the state of Texas, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really important thing to, you know, really important thing to do and to note. So it's, I love that story because it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of money, but that really does go a long way because music is something if you've got, you know, and, and yours is a, a larger audience, but if even 5% of the people there connect with it and you're getting major contributions out of it, something like that, spending $1,000, will more than make up in the return on investment for it. Thank you. And I do want to mention something that we are doing for the first time that, that's not related necessarily to the show, but you know, I think organizations always have the challenge of how you talk about what you do without talking about what you do. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> how do you not bore your audience and feel like they're being spoken to, but get them feel like they're a part of what you do. Right. And we've gone around this. And as I mentioned, we have an incredible team from our event producers to our show producers, to our designers, everyone. We could not do this without any single one of them to my incredible team that is just working tirelessly Yes, and is so (laughs) gracious. But I will say um, Chris Andrews and Rod Caspers who produce our award show said, we are going to bring your pillars AKA our programs to mm-hmm. the show and we're going to make them more meaningful. And so this is something new. We've never done this before. Instead of doing a quick video about the trust and so on, you're going to feel and see our programs. You, I'm going to tell you a surprise. All right. What's <laughs> we, the surprise? Uh, the surprise On the edge is, of my seat. I'm in fact, I'm in my so chair. Edge of my seat. So, <laughs> so you mentioned the Texas Young Masters. I'm yes. so excited about this. And these are individuals, young individuals from 8th to 11th grade that receive scholarships from us and the Texas Commission on the Arts to enhance their artistic education. And these children are wicked talented and will be the future leaders, our creative leaders uh, of tomorrow. And we have a young master, I'm not going to say his name, who when we talk about the program quickly, we'll have a pillar talk about the program he will then stand up because he will be playing with the orchestra. Oh, how cool. With the professional orchestra. And he will stand up and play a little piece to show you the young masters. So it's almost like 
he's been playing this whole time. Yeah. And he's playing with these professionals. It gives me chills to think about it. Wow. Here's this young master who will be with where he wants to end up, you yeah. know, with this orchestra. And it's going to be so moving. So we have a lot of little things like that, that our producers have really taking, taken time to review the details. So you feel engaged and not, not spoken to, right? You're like, oh, I get it. I get that program. It makes sense. So, um, cause it's important that they feel not only great leaving your event, but also recognizing what you do. As you know, we don't have a live auction. We right. don't have a silent auction. And so we, we will have those QR codes and say, if you're, mo you know, moved to donate to the trust at any level, we'd invite you to do that. Right. And we've had a lot of success not having that, but I think it's important not taking advantage of the right. moment to invite people uh, to support what you do because Absolutely. they enjoy the evening. Mm -hmm. And enjoying the evening is really the number one goal because it's all about having fun, having a good time and having a memorable night. And I know that it will be a memorable night. And um, Heidi, I cannot thank you enough for, you know, being, a, you know, being a part of this today. Oh, Rob, thank you for thinking of us. We're so excited and we're so grateful for your support of the arts. And uh, we can't wait to celebrate with you next week. Can't wait. So the Texas Medal of Arts Ceremony is on February 22nd, 2023 at the Long Center in Austin, Texas. For more information, visit txcultureltrust.org. I'm Rob Giardinelli, signing off on Fun and Fundraising, where you can find me wherever your podcast is found, along with um, on Instagram at Rob Giardinelli. Remember, keep it fun, keep it interesting, and everyone will have a great time. Have a good day, everyone. Take care.